Praise God. Praise the Lord. Let's please be seated. Glory to God. Praise the Lord. Well, I'd like to start this morning by saying a huge thank you to Pastors Mark and Brenda. Thank you, sir. Thank you, ma'am, for the opportunity afforded us to our first time in California and also in this great church. Praise God. Thank you, sir. Um, they've actually, your pastors have been to Nigeria. They've been in Abuja, like Pastor said, and there was such a huge blessing. They taught in school, shared, prayed, and they impacted us. And um, in Nigeria, Nigeria has quite a population, about 200 million people, approximately. And um, Rema has its headquarters in Abuja. Abuja is uh, centrally located. And then um, we have another campus. The other campus we opened after the Abuja one was in Port Harcourt. Then um, the we moved north uh, towards the cent north central part of the country and we have one in Kaduna. Now the campus in Kaduna has both an English campus and a Hausa campus. And that, why that's strategic is northern Nigeria hasn't been reached largely. Yeah. Hasn't been reached. A lot of the terror stuff with the Boko Haram, the ISIS, it's said they have some link with ISIS and all that crazy stuff you know we just know that getting God's word that way will do a whole lot in curbing a lot of that stuff and um, people have come to that Hausa campus from Niger Republic which is another country some people travel 12 hours just to come for that time of school come from different places and it's done in that language and it's reaching a lot of those people there was one particular one of those missionaries who came and she we talked that week about the holy spirit she went back to her station got 70 people filled with the holy ghost <laughs> speaking in tongues just as an offshoot of that class and then um, we recently started the lagos campus which is in the southwest of nigeria our student enrollment currently is over 3000 students who are enrolled and really that's just scratching it because with 200 million people there's so much that can be done so much potential and um, we're so grateful uh, to God for your pastors their heart in just believing in what we're doing standing by us the church and we appreciate and covet your prayers as well praise the Lord amen let's uh, start this morning with a word of prayer Heavenly Father we thank you for once again another opportunity for us to hear your word again. Thank you because the entrance of your word gives light. It gives understanding to the simple. Thank you most of all for the great plan of redemption which you planned and sent your son, the Lord Jesus, to consummate. Thank you for the great and mighty one, the Holy Spirit, whom you've sent to be our teacher and to be our guide. I make bold to say that it will live big in me this morning. He'll rise big in me. He'll think through my mind. He'll speak through my lips. He will act through my deeds. He will unveil, unfold, and reveal the word of God through these lips of clay. And we give all praise, honor, and adoration for everything that will be wrought in our midst to that worthy and majestic name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Turn with me in your Bibles, if you please. To the book of Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 5, Ephesians chapter 5. 
And we read um, a few verses there. Ephesians 5. From verse 18 through to 21. Ephesians 5, 18 to 21. It says here, it says, And be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. Like Pastor said, I'll be sharing this morning on maintaining a spirit-filled life. Maintaining a spirit-filled life. Now that place where we read, the 18th verse starts with this, that be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess. Some other translations render that wherein is debauchery, wherein is dissipation, wherein is riotous living. You know, folks get drunk on stuff on drugs, on liquor, and then they act up. Praise God. And the Bible is saying, you don't need that kind of stuff. Amen. We can be filled with the Spirit. It says, be filled with the Spirit. Now, Greek scholars tell us that there's actually a play on words in the Greek text there. That the literal Greek says, be being filled with the Spirit. Be being filled with the Spirit. Amen. Which means maintain a continual experience of being filled with the Spirit. And the Amplified Bible actually brings that up. It says be filled with and stimulated. Be ever filled with and stimulated with the Holy Ghost. Not just like someone who drinks. The memory of yesterday's drink isn't going to get him drunk today. If he's going to get drunk today, he needs to drink today. Amen. So in the same way folks get drunk on stuff, we are to constantly stay filled with the Spirit. Now, a question is this. What exactly does it mean to be filled with the Spirit? What's that all about? Now, um, in Romans chapter 12 verse 11, the Bible says, Not slothful in business, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. Fervent in spirit. Now, to be filled with the Spirit is to be fervent in spirit. To be aglow. One translation puts it, to be aglow with the Spirit. To be on fire with the Spirit. No. We've all seen Christians and some would say, how's that guy doing spiritually? And then we say, wow, he's on fire for God. That's what we're talking about. He's he's at glow. He's maintaining the glow. And maintaining a spirit-filled life really is maintaining the spiritual glow. Amen. And it will affect us spiritually, affect us mentally, and affect us spiritually too, physically too. So it's maintaining our spiritual life. It's maintaining our spiritual health. It's maintaining our physical health. Our mental health. It will enhance the totality of our beings. Amen. And that's the plan of God. For us as believers to stay filled with the spirit. To be on fire for God. You know sometimes we could be serving God. And it's come to just a sense of duty. Okay they said I should do this. Oh well another morning has come. Let me read my Bible. So they won't say I didn't read my Bible today. Okay let me go to church. So they won't say I didn't go to church. Okay let me pray so I can just take the register. I prayed again. Look that's not being filled with the spirit. God wants us to be hot and boiling. He wants us to live on the cutting edge. On fire for God. Earnest with the things of God. Praise God. So that's what the spirit filled life is all about. Now what's interesting is this. 
Paul wrote that letter, the book of Ephesians, to the Ephesian church. And um, it's interesting. He told them, he said, be filled with the Spirit. Now, incidentally, reading from Acts of the Apostles, chapter 19, Acts 19 from verse 1. You know, the Bible says there that while Apollos was at Corinth, Paul, having passed through the upper coast, came unto Ephesus. says, finding certain disciples, he said unto them, have you received the Holy Ghost as he believed? They said, we've not so much as heard, whether there be any Holy Ghost. said, unto what then were you baptized? They said, unto John's baptism. And they said, John verily baptized, saying they should believe on him, that's come after him, that he's on Jesus. The Bible says, and they believed and they were baptized in the name of Jesus. Verse 6 says, and when Paul had laid his hands on them, the Holy Ghost came on them, and they spake with tongues and prophesied. Verse 7, the number of the men was about 12. Well, if there were 12 men, perhaps there were 40. Eight women and children. Well, just a guess. But at least it was a sizable crowd of people that got filled with the Spirit in Ephesus. So, there is one initial feeling. But the plan of God is that there be subsequent refillings. So, Paul got them filled with the Holy Ghost in Acts 19.6. He laid hands on them. They got filled with the Spirit. They spoke with tongues. In fact, they even went beyond that. They prophesied. And then Paul now writes to them again. And he says, folks... I know you got filled with the Spirit that time. But listen up. You need to stay filled. You need to constantly be being filled with the Spirit. Why? Because that's New Testament pattern. A continual experience of being filled with the Spirit. Now we see another scripture that underscores that same point. Well, the day of Pentecost. Acts chapter 2. From verse 1 through to 4. The Bible says, And when the day of Pentecost has fully come, they were all together one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven, as of a rushing mighty wind, filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire, sat upon each of them. Verse 4 says, And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and began to speak with other tongues, as the Spirit gave them utterance. Yes. Now we know there were 120. And it says, All of them were filled with the Spirit. And they all spoke with tongues. So we know they got filled with the Holy Ghost on the day of Pentecost. Yes. Now, um, the next chapter, read about Peter and John going to the temple at the hour of prayer. And then there was the lame man by the gate, the beautiful. And Peter, we know the story, looked on, uh, told him, look on us. He looked on them expecting to receive something. Said unto him, silver and gold have I none, such as I have given thee. In the name of Jesus, and now shall rise up and walk. And then the man got healed. And then religious folks got mad. They, they, they still get mad when they see the supernatural. Well, bless their darling hearts. Praise God. We'll keep contending for the supernatural. All the same. Amen. So they took Peter and John. Took them to question. Commanded them. We don't want you speaking in that name anymore. You know, we don't want you going about preaching that stuff. Well, and then we see in Acts 4. From verse 23. Through to 31. Where the Bible says, And being let go. So they were released. After they were beaten, they were threatened, they were told not to speak in the name of Jesus. Being let go. Says they went back to their own company. Well, there's no place like your own company. Praise God. There's just something about coming to church regularly, being with people of like precious faith. There's an encouragement. There's a strength that comes from being with your own people. You don't get anywhere. Praise God. Uh, a, a company of folks who believe God like you do, who contend for the supernatural like you do, who know about the things of the spirit like you do. 
no place like family. Praise God. Being let go, they went back to their own company. Reported all that the chief priests and elders had said unto them. The Bible says, And when they had heard, they lifted up their voice to God with one accord. And said, O Lord, thou art God. Wow, what a good way, a great way to start praying. They didn't start magnifying the problem. They started by magnifying God. Oh Lord, thou art God. Thou art God. Thou art God. Isn't that a great thing to remember when we're in trouble? That he's still God. He's still God. Oh Lord, thou art God. Who has made the heavens, the earth, the seas, and all that in them is. Who by the mouth of their servant David. So they began to remind God of his word. Had said from Psalm 2. Why do the heathen rage? The people imagine a vain thing. Kings of the earth stood up. Rulers were gathered against thy child. Thy holy child Jesus. Whom thou hast anointed. Both Herod and Pontius Pilate. For to do what thy counsel and hand. And determined before to be done. They said and now Lord behold their threatenings. And grant unto thy servants. That with all boldness they may speak thy word. By stretching forth thine hand to heal. That signs and wonders may be wrought by the name of thy holy child Jesus. Verse 31 says, And when they had prayed, the place was shaken where they were all assembled together. And it says, And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And spake the word of God of boldness. Well, I thought they got filled in Acts 2.4. How come he says in Acts 4.31 that they got filled again? Now, someone says, well, maybe it was a different crowd. It wasn't a different crowd. Because we know Peter and John were in Acts 2-4. Yeah. Amen. Because it was Peter that preached on the day of Pentecost. And then it's Peter here too with John. So it was, and it says they were all filled, including Peter and John and the rest of, of them. Praise God. So, underscoring the same point. Yes, they got the initial feeling with the Holy Ghost in Acts 2-4, but they got refilled again in Acts 4-31. Why? Because that's God's plan. That's New Testament pattern. Maintain a continual experience of being filled with the Spirit. Now, is it that the Holy Spirit leaves us and then we need to get Him again? No. No. Remember Jesus said in John 14, 16 and 17, I pray the Father, he'll give to you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him. But ye know him for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. So he abides with us forever. He doesn't leave us. So it's not as though the Holy Ghost left and then we need to get him again. No. But this is the deal. If person is filled with the spirit, to the degree that his spirit, the individual spirit, is charged with the presence and power of the Holy Ghost. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. So, it's like this. I appropriate, I draw of the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit that's on the inside of my spirit. And then my spirit gets charged. Now, I go out in the hustle and bustle of life. I go out doing ministry, doing service to God, serving in the church, being a blessing, witnessing for the Lord. And as it were, that charge gets dissipated. And then what happens? Just like my cell phone, I go plug it again. So it gets charged up and then my battery is 100% and then I'm good. Glory to God. So you see, we're filled with the spirit with the degree that our spirits are charged with the presence and the power of the Holy Ghost. Amen. In Psalm 92 verse 10, the psalmist said this. He said, I shall be anointed with fresh oil. I shall be anointed with fresh oil. Like the car. You know, that car, every once in a while, you need to change the oil. If you don't, that engine is going to knock. Amen. So we need fresh oil of the Holy Spirit. D.L. Moody said something. He said, 
Living on past experiences is like living on stale manner. Amen. God wants a freshness today. You know, sometimes we could say, well, in those days when God used to do this. Well, God hasn't changed. Those days may have changed, but God didn't change. He's still God. He's still the same. He's not left us. Glory to God. And He's still doing great things today. Oh! So God wants us to have a freshness. A freshness. 2 Corinthians 4.16 says, For which cause will think not? But though our outward man perisheth, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. So our inward man, our spirits need to be renewed on a daily basis. Refired, refreshed, refueled with the Holy Ghost on a daily basis. Glory to God. Amen. Now the thing is this. Someone say, brother preacher, you've told me what the spirit-filled life is all about. An earnestness, a fervency, being on fire for God. You've told me we need to stay on fire. But Listen up. If that's where you stop, you've not done me much good. Because I don't know how. That's the question. Praise God. Of course, this is a Bible taught church. This, I'm not saying anything that we don't already know. Just reminding us of the same truths that I know we are fed with. Praise God. Now, in that text where we read, we see the characteristics of the spirit-filled life. Verse 18 of Ephesians 5. And be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be being filled with the Spirit. Now he now goes on to give us the three main characteristics of the Spirit-filled life. Three main characteristics of the Spirit-filled life. And um, number one, I like to call it supernatural utterance. Supernatural utterance. In verse 19, the very next verse, it says, Speaking to yourselves. In psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. So the first one is supernatural utterance. Now something about the Holy Ghost is this. He's a speaking spirit. Yeah. Amen. Right. When he comes upon people, he inspires them to speak. Yeah. Now in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Great chapter about uh, gifts of the spirit. The Bible says in verse 1. Now concerning spiritual gifts. Now the word gifts of the King James is italics. Meaning it's not there in the original text. The original text actually says now concerning spirituals. The Greek word pneumaticus. Things often pertaining to the Holy Ghost. I'll not have you ignorant. It says, so ye know that you are Gentiles. Verse 2. Carried away unto these dumb idols. Even as you were led. You see, those idols were dumb. They couldn't speak. Now verse 3 now says, for I give you to understand that no man speaking by the Spirit of God. Now the Spirit of God inspires men to speak. Amen. And the very first evidence, the Bible evidence, the main evidence of being filled with the Holy Ghost is speaking in tongues. Every time. We have five instances in the Acts of the Apostles. Where people got filled with the Holy Ghost. Acts 2, 1 of 4. Acts 8 in verse 17. Acts uh, 9 from 10 to 17, Acts 10, 44 to 46, Acts 19, 1 to 6. Every single one of those instances, they spoke in tongues. Yes. Now, three was clearly stated. We know about Saul of Tarsus, that he spoke in tongues later. Uh, he spoke in tongues. He told us that later. He said, I thank my God I speak with tongues more than he all. So he must have started when the rest of them started, when he got filled with the Spirit. Then um, in Samaria also, because the Bible says, when Simon the sorcerer saw, that through the laying on of the apostles' hands, the Holy Ghost was given. He offered them money, saying, give me also this power. Acts 8.18. That uh, 
Whoever I lay my hands in my receive the Holy Ghost. Peter said to him that money perish with thee. Thou hast thought that the gift of God will purchase your money. Thou hast neither lot nor part in this matter. Now the word matter there actually, one of the shades of meaning is matter of utterance. So we know they spoke in tongues also in Samaria. Every single time people got filled with the Holy Ghost, they spoke in tongues. Now, if we're going to stay filled with the Spirit, we need to continue to speak in tongues. Amen. We need to continue to speak in tongues. Howard Carter said something. He said, speaking in other tongues is not only an initial evidence of the Holy Spirit's indwelling presence. He said, but should be a continual experience for the rest of one's life. To assist in the worship of God. A flowing stream of praise that shall never dry out, but will enrich the life spiritually. Amen. So we ought to continue to speak in other tongues. I read where Paul said, I thank my God I speak with tongues more than you And um, just as a young man, I thought to myself, I said, well, when I get to heaven, I don't want Paul to be able to quote that scripture. <laughs> just a thought. Amen. Praise God. You know, someone asked Brother Higgin one time, he said, how, how many hours do you spend praying in tongues every day? He said, well, you be the judge of it. I wake up talking in tongues. I go to bed talking in tongues. I talk in tongues between meals. I drive my car talking in tongues. Amen. So there's just something about continuing to speak in other tongues. Spending quality time. Praying in the spirit. Praying in the spirit. Charging up our spiritual batteries. You know, 1 Corinthians 14, 4 says, He that speaketh in an unknown tongue edifieth himself. So to maintain a spiritual life, I said number one, supernatural utterance. Supernatural utterance. So we continue to speak in tongues. And not only do we speak in tongues, the Bible there speaks of something, psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Well, is that talking about psalms, 150 psalms in the book of Psalms. That was the Ephesian church Paul was writing to. They didn't have access to the Old Testament scroll. They didn't have printing presses. So he wasn't talking about the book of Psalms. Now the book of Psalms is inspired. There are Psalms there given to David wrote just about half of them and sons of Asaph, Moses, Ezra, some other folks wrote. But those Psalms were given to them uh, to give them comfort, encouragement in the face of their tests, in the face of their trials. And in reading them today, we get blessed and inspired. Yeah. But you know something? The Spirit of God can also give us a psalm yeah. in our personal lives. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Yeah. Well, what's a psalm? A psalm really is a spiritual poem or an ode. It may rhyme or it may not. But usually there's an element of poetry to it. It may be sung, it may be chanted, or it may be recited. Now, I'm not so given to music. The best I can do is make a joyful noise unto the Lord. I guess I'm the only one that enjoys my singing. My wife doesn't. <laughs> Praise God. Amen. Ah, so, because I'm not that given to singing, I just speak them out. Amen. And how do they come? They come through tongues and interpretation or by the spirit of prophecy. And the truth is, every believer should be doing this. I still spoke in Psalms this morning. I did yesterday morning. I did day before yesterday. I've done that every day for like 20 years. I just do that in my spiritual life. And it brings me help. It brings me a lot of encouragement. Yeah. Amen. Sometimes I have an idea what's going to happen that day while I'm in my private prayer life that morning. Because I speak some things out. Just speaking them out of my spirit. Amen. What about a hymn? A hymn is a song of worship addressed to God. Yeah. Amen. A spiritual song. A spiritual song is a song that brings forth the revelation of what the Holy Ghost is saying just at the spur of the moment. Yeah. Now the truth is this, there are still songs that haven't been sung yet. 
Amen. There's still a whole lot of stuff that the Spirit of God wants to give to us and bring to us. And you know, those psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, they bring us encouragement. They bring us comfort. They bring us edification. They stir us up. There was one time, David, you know, they had gone. They wanted to uh, go with the Philistines. The Philistines said, no, we don't want you. You could, uh, you could make up with Saul and give Saul our heads to make up with him. We don't want you. Well, by the time he got back, uh, they had raided Ziglag. They had taken his wives. They had taken his stuff. They had taken all of that. And the Bible says the men of David, all of them, those mighty men, they began to cry. You know, when men cry, the matter is pretty serious. The Bible says they cried until there was no more strength in them to cry. And then David's own men thought of stoning him. But the Bible says David encouraged himself in the Lord. Amen. So, Looking on the inside to the greater one within. Looking on the inside and not to the outside. For it's not on the outside that the help will come. It's not on the outside that the enlightenment will come. It's not on the outside that the light will dawn. But it's on the inside. For that's where God dwells. And he's bigger than the troubles. He's bigger than the trials. He's bigger than the tests. Than the challenges of life. And yeah, he will cause us to triumph. And he'll put us over every time. And that's the reason we simply look to him. We refuse to despair. But we persist in faith. We maintain our confession. And so we rise above the storm. And we win in every single time. Amen. Uther, Fefatus, Fefatus. I refuse to be afraid. I refuse to be dismayed. I refuse to despair. But rather, I persevere. Yea, for the word of God is my light. It's the enlightenment that I need. Am I walking in the word? Yea, I triumph and I win. (laughs) The enemy may say it's over. Circumstances may say you're done. Situations may say throw in the towel. You cannot win this time. But that's the devil speaking. For the Holy Writ declares that thanks be unto God who always causes us to triumph in Christ Jesus and makes manifest the savor of his knowledge by us in every place. And so I know that this is just another opportunity to act upon the word of God. This is just another opportunity to prove that the word of God works. This is just another opportunity to dare to walk in the light. In the light of what the word says I am. And that's the reason I'm full of faith. And I'm not walking in fear. Amen. See, those are Psalms. Praise God. And I just like the way the Holy Ghost sort of interrupted us. Praise God. Amen. So you see, those things come. Now, if I were given a singing, like my wife is... She sings those things out. I don't. I just chant them out. But they bring encouragement. Praise God. You know, Paul said something right into the church at Thessalonica. He told them, he said, quench not the spirit. Despise not prophesying. First Thessalonians 5, 19, 20, 21. Prove all things, hold fast that which is good. Now, he said, quench not the spirit. What's one way we can quench the spirit? He told us, despising prophesying. There's something about despising inspired utterance that will quench the move of the spirit. So that tells me something. If we will encourage inspired utterance, it will fan the flame of the move of the spirit. So something about speaking, 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 speaking. Amen. The Bible says that 
Prophecy speaking to men to edification, exhortation, and comfort. So supernatural utterance. We continue to speak the word of God with boldness. We continue to speak in other tongues. Praise God. We continue to say that Jesus is Lord. Bible says no man speaking by the spirit of God. Call it Jesus accursed. No man can say that Jesus is Lord or by the Holy Ghost. So the Holy Ghost will always magnify Jesus. We'll say that he's Lord. We'll speak the word of God. We'll speak in other tongues. We'll speak in Psalms, in hymns, and in spiritual songs. So you see, that's the number one characteristic of a spirit-filled life, supernatural utterance. Then, the number two characteristic, we see it in that same portion of scripture. Verse 20 says, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. I like to call that perpetual thanksgiving. Perpetual thanksgiving. Number one, supernatural utterance, remember? Number two, perpetual thanksgiving. When we're filled with the Spirit, we're full of thanks. We're full of thanks. We're full of thanks. Now, we don't thank God for what the devil is doing. We thank God in spite of it. Amen. We thank God in spite of it. You know, sometimes... We word of faith folks, if we're careful, you know, it could get to a place where faith becomes kind of like a formula. It could get to a place where, you know, problems come and say, oh, I have to believe God again. When will this believing God thing end? Oh dear. And then, all right, let me go get scriptures that cover my case. Let me begin to meditate on them. Oh, another trouble on the horizon. Oh, dear. How did I get me into this? You know. And the fellow could really begin to put the principles to practice. But, he's not getting it when it comes to the spirit of it. Yes, there's a message of faith, but there's a spirit to it. Amen. There's a spirit-filled life. Praise God. That's full of thanksgiving. James said something. James 1 from verse 2 to 4. He said, count it all joy. When you fall into diverse temptations, diverse trials. He said, knowing this, that the trying of your faith works patience. He said, but let patience have its perfect work. That you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. Now, certainly, it's not all joy when you're in trouble. Sometimes you feel like crying. Sometimes you just feel like saying, you just feel like having a pity party. Amen. So that's why I said to count it. Because it's not all joy. But we can count it all joy. We can count it all joy. We can count it all joy. In the face of the tests. In the face of the trials. We can tell God, oh God, I know you didn't bring this. I know this is the devil. But what of it? You'll tell the devil, devil, was that your best shot? Was that your hardest sponge? Was that all the trouble you could cost me? No, it wasn't good enough. And just get glad. Whoa, glory to God. Whoa. And just have a running party. Amen. And a shouting party. And a jumping party. Whoa. Because we know it's nothing other than another testimony on the way. Nothing other than another opportunity for God to show himself strong on our behalf. Amen. So we're full of thanksgiving. We're full of thanksgiving. Oh, I, I didn't get that job I wanted. Praise God for it. Well, I got what I was expecting. Praise God for it. It didn't go the way I thought it would have gone. Well, praise God for it. Amen. We can be full of praise. You know, what about having a habit of just saying praise God? Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Blessed be God. Woo! Glory, 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 glory. Glory, 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 glory. Glory to God. 
I'm full of praise, full of thanks. You know, something about praising God is this. It changes our perspective. Changes our perspective. And you know, the Bible says in the mouth of babes and sucklings, God has perfected praise. In another place, it said he has ordained strength that he might steal the adversary. Praising God puts the devil on the run. Amen. You know, God answers prayers. But when it comes to praises, he inhabits them. Psalm 22 verse 3. He inhabits our praises. So just full of praise to God. Full of thanks to God. First Peter 1 verse 7 says the trial of our faith is more precious than that of gold. Now the way gold is purified is that it's passed through fire. And the greater the heat, the purer the gold. But the trial of our faith is more precious than that of gold. The Bible says though we will be tried with fire. It says we will come forth to the praise and the glory of God. Verse 8 says, Whom having not seen, ye love. In whom though now ye see him not, yet believing. Ye rejoice with joy unspeakable and full of glory. So we can rejoice no matter what is happening or what is not happening. We can thank God all the same. And you know, when we're full of thanksgiving, people look different. We're easier to get along with. We're not grouchy. Amen. We're not so irritable. But you know, when it's the other way and we're full of murmuring, full of fussing, full of griping, uh, no one wants to get too close. Am I correct? Amen. So, second characteristic, perpetual thanksgiving. Just thanking God all the way, all the time. Getting used to praising God. Amen. And then number three, we said characteristics of a spiritual life, they're listed there. Number one, supernatural utterance. Number two, perpetual thanksgiving. And then number three, Ephesians 5, 21. Submitting yourselves one to another in the fear of God. I like to call that reverential submission. Reverential submission. When we're filled with the Spirit, there's an attitude of humility that we have. We're easy to get along with. Amen. We just have a, a give and take spirit. Praise God. And for one, we're going to be submitted to constituted authority. The authority of God's word. We're going to be submitted like in the home. God's authority structure in the home. Like in the local church. God's authority structure in the local church. Amen. We'll be submitted to considered authority in line with God's word. And also, there's something about all of us as believers being submitted one to another. Just having a submissive attitude. Amen. You know, one thing is, um, there's a, a humility that does something to God. The Bible says he resists the proud. James 4, 6. He gives grace to the humble. He gives grace to the humble. So that, I'm not talking about... Um, Putting yourself down and saying, oh, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. Just a wretched, poor, old me. You know, I'm just a worm of the dust. That's actually arrogance. God says I'm righteous. For me to say otherwise is to tell God, God, you're stupid. You're not as smart as I am. So that's not being humble. That's being ignorant. But there's a submissiveness, a submissive attitude. An attitude of, oh God, I want to learn more. I know so little. There's just so much more. You know, the more we know, the more we realize how much more there is that can be known. Yes. Amen. Yeah. I was talking with an individual one time while discussing a Bible subject. I knew clearly from scriptures that his position was wrong. 
But I knew he wanted to argue. And well, I could win the argument, but lose a soul, lose a friend. And it's not about winning arguments. So what I did was I told him, I said, you know something? You know, I really could be wrong about this thing, actually. And um, once I see that I'm wrong from God's word, I'll be glad to make a change. When I said that, he said, oh, and you know, I could be the one who's wrong. So I had him where I wanted him. Amen. So I said, let's just examine the word of God and see. So I didn't try to come across like, you see, I told you, you're wrong. You know, I've come to see that sometimes that just puts people off and pushes people away. And also, you know, God could want to get something across to me. And he may not use any one of my favorite preachers. That's right. He may use somebody. He may not even use somebody in the Rhema camp. He may not even use somebody in Word of Faith circles. He may use someone, you know, that maybe I don't so much agree with on so many things. The truth is this. As a body of Christ, we are deficient by design. Every single one of us. We need one another. It's when everybody contributes his quota. Amen. See, there's a chunk of God in you that's not in me. It's all of us put together that constitutes the body of Christ. So something about discerning the Lord's body. Yeah, we can disagree without being disagreeable. We can see some things differently. Amen. And it's okay. It's okay. I was talking to a friend of mine about something recently and we got to a certain issue and I said, you know something, you see this a little differently from the way I see it, but you know what? There are more things that unite us than the things that divide us. Let's just lay that apart. Let's not go there. Let's go to where we agree. Otherwise, if we keep staying on where we don't agree and I come and I hit you this way and you come and you hit me that way, we're just going to start a fight. Let's lay aside those fights. Amen. And just get along with one another. Let's take the city for God. Glory to God. Amen. Praise God. So, supernatural utterance, perpetual thanksgiving, and reverential submission. And um, those are the characteristics of the spiritual life. And as we do those things, not only will our lives be enhanced and enriched, will also be a big blessing to people. Things will be different. Things will be different. You know, in Acts 6, the Bible says in verse 1 that when the number of the disciples was multiplied, you know, some things come, uh, come with growth. It says there came a murmuring of the Grecians against the Hebrews because their widows were neglected in the daily ministration. Then the apostle said, it's not reason for us to leave the word of God and serve tables. Look ye out among yourselves. Seven men of honest report, full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom, whom we appoint over this business. Said we'll give ourselves continually to prayer and the ministry of the word. Now, they were looking for someone to help in the business side of the ministry. Serving tables, serving food. But one of the things they were looking out for was someone who was full of the Holy Ghost. And you notice he said, look ye out among yourselves. So it's something that they could tell. It's something that's recognizable. So being full of the Spirit is recognizable. is discernible. Amen. And we notice also, it had something to do with someone in the business side of life. Something in the business side of the ministry. Serving tables. Now Romans 12, 11. Not slothful in business. The same word. Fervent in spirit serving the Lord. So there's something about, even as a secular person, you work a job, 
you work in a bank, you're a lawyer, a doctor, you know, a salesperson. In that business side of life, the Holy Ghost will help us too. Now, being spirit-filled is not about being spooky. It's not about being goofy. The Holy Ghost is a spirit of a sound mind. Praise God. Not a spooky mind. Amen. The Bible says God has not given us a spirit of fear. But a power of love and of a sound mind. So it helps us be sound in our thinking, in our judgment, in our assessment of things. In the natural side of life. It will help a husband be a better husband. Help a wife be a better wife. Help a, a parent be a better parent. A child be a better child. Help a student be a better student. An employer be a better employer. An employee a better employee. It just makes us all, all better. Praise God. What about us just... Taking another feel this morning and just saying, Father, thank you for a fresh anointing. Thank you for a fresh refilling with the Holy Ghost. What about us just lifting up our hands and just telling the Lord, Father, thank you for a fresh anointing. A fresh anointing. A fresh anointing. A fresh anointing. Now, if you're here, you're not filled with the Holy Ghost, with the evidence of speaking in other tongues, you know, then you haven't received the initial infilling. I'm not talking about a fresh one. Or maybe you're even here, you're not born again. You've not received Jesus as your Lord and personal Savior. Listen, there's a heaven to gain and there's a hell to shun. Every head bowed and eye closed. Praise God. Anybody like that, you're not born again and you want to be. Or you knew the Lord, but you got away from him like the prodigal son. And you want to come back to father's house. Praise God. Anybody like that. Or maybe you're born again but not yet filled with the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. Anybody, amen, in any of those three things, could you just put up your hand where you are? There might be, there might not. And if there is, there's no better time to get filled and get saved than now. Praise God. Amen. Obviously, this is a, this is a believer's meeting. Amen. So let's just pray. Talk to God. And just tell Him, Father, thank you for this spirit-filled life. Thank you for the spirit-filled life. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. I will persevere in the supernatural. I will drink in of the Spirit of God more often, more regularly. I will continue to speak supernaturally. I will continue to praise God and to thank Him and worship Him. Amen. Just talk to Him. Talk to Him. Praise God. There's somebody on your left side, left side of your body. You have some pain around your waist. Who are you? Amen. Some pain left side of your body around your waist. Who's it? Praise God. Praise God. Who's it? You can be healed now. All right. Just put your hand there. Heavenly Father, thank you because healing is the children's bread. I speak to that pain on the left side of his body. Be gone in Jesus' name. Glory to God. 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 Thank you, Jesus. 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 This is how this seems to me. Your promotion, there's a promotion that's due you where you work. And it's been withheld. You know, it's like you've been victimized. And your promotion has been kept, been kept back. You know, what's due you? Things that should have come to you. And 
it, it's, it just doesn't make sense. And you've been a bit bothered about that. Praise God. I think I have something the Lord will have me tell you. Praise God. Who are you? All right. You see, just not being mad at them. And just keeping an attitude of, well, I'll just keep serving. I'll just keep putting in my best. I'll just keep walking in love. I'll just maintain a positive attitude. I won't have a sense of entitlement. I'll just have a sense of I'm here to do my best. And I'll put in my best. And listen, saith the Lord. You see, that will turn around. Things will turn around in your favor. And the favor of God, the Bible says that the righteous is compassed with favor as a shield. So expect that favor and expect the change. And not only will you be promoted, the backlog that you haven't had will come as well. And God will restore the years it seems like you've lost. And you'll have much cause to be glad. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Someone, the Lord spoke to you about um, venturing in some area of service to him. And um, you stepped out, got your fingers burned, made some mistakes, you know, and then you now got so discouraged. I now said, look, I'm not going to do that again. I'm not going to step out again. Uh, I've, I've had it all. No, 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 I'm not, I'm not dabbling into that anymore. You know, and you've backed down, backed out. Amen. Who are you? Who are you? Praise the Lord. Who are you? Amen. Who are you? All right, I see you. You know what? Don't back down. Don't back out. You know, one thing about the Lord is this. He's merciful. He's a good God. And the gifts and calling of God are without repentance. He doesn't change his mind. He doesn't change his mind. Amen. And um, yes, in learning to flow with the things of God's spirit, learning to serve. Sometimes we'll make mistakes. Sometimes, you know, we have bad experiences. But we don't, because of that, pull back. Get right back in. And just say, Lord, I'm going to do what you want me to do. I'm going to be all you want me to be. I'm not going to let the past hinder me. Rather, I'm going to push in. I'm going to press forth. And I'm going to be a big blessing as you want me to be. Praise the Lord. Someone, the devil has been speaking to you. He's been telling you that it's over. It's over. It's over. It's over. You messed up. You messed up. And you've been living in guilt. And you've been living in condemnation. And you just, you've asked God to forgive you. And the truth is he has. But it's like the devil has been harassing you. With this sense of shame and guilt. And please, nobody looking around. Every head bow, I closed. If you're the one, just put up your hand and put it down immediately. Amen. Praise God. I've got something. All right, I see your hand. Put it down. You see, the blood of Jesus has washed you. And it's washed you clean. Amen. God said in his word, I, even I, am he that blotted out that transgression for my own sake. And will not remember thine iniquities. He does not remember. He does not remember. He does not remember. He said... Their sins and iniquities I will remember no more. He said he would cast our sins into the depths of the sea. He has put those things in the rivers of forgetfulness. So just forget about it. Praise God. And walk on in boldness. And stop belittling the blood. Stop undermining the blood by looking at the past. 
And each time the devil tries to bring a picture of those things, just laugh at him and say, devil, that's just a picture. <laughs> the past has been blotted out. That's just a picture. There's no record of it anymore. Amen. With the Father God or with me. Amen. And just sing about the blood. Talk about the blood. Magnify the blood. What about us just lifting up our hands to the Lord and giving him praise and giving him thanks because he's a good God.